Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the reality that we have, that uh, you have sealed our lives in your Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you that you want us to be people of praise that know you and have discovered what it is to have you with us in the day-to-day course of life. And Father, this morning, I pray that you would just bless the rest of the time we share in your word and together as your people. For it's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Well, church family, good to be with you. Come Cito Bunch, it's so good to hear your report of what God did this summer and the challenge of looking to the future. And I don't know if you all noticed, but it's kind of quiet in here. We've got five, or I think four brand new little babies, and they are sound asleep or they're enjoying their time. I wondered how it would be today with lots of little ones. Well, this morning as we get started, we've got a special opportunity to hear from the pastor search team. And so I saw Ryan's here. Ryan, if you'll come with your team and those that are going to be up here, I want to invite you to come be up on the stage and I think we're going to hear some news today. So you all come. Thanks, John. We got our crew up here. Good morning. Um, We do have some news for you this morning, and first of all, though, this is our search committee, and it occurred to me as we were kind of getting ready for our talk this morning that I don't believe we've ever had the whole group up on stage before, so just to introduce you, for those of you that might not know uh, who these folks are, um, starting on my left here, we've got Tyson Prouse, Lisa Hubner, Joanne Gimple, Scott Waters, and then we've got Bill Henry and Brandy Delmont, and I'm Ryan Kohlmeyer. When I was up here a few weeks ago, I I think I mentioned that this process began last September with the formation of the search committee. And then in late May, after about eight months of preparation, we began evaluating the lives and ministries of 58 men from across the country. And in that group were many qualified pastors, missionaries, and other ministry leaders. And over the next two months, the search committee met for nearly every week, And before each of those meetings, though, we would pray. And those prayers would, almost without fail, include a request to God that he would make this a clear and obvious choice for us, and that he would guide us to his man and his perfect timing, and that that the qualities that we were looking for in these candidates would be the same qualities that God would look for as he looks at a man's heart. So, in God's time, he has directed us to a man whose life and whose ministry are grounded in the Bible, a man who is committed to building relationships with those around him, and a man of character and integrity. Additionally, this is a man whose vision for building disciples and reaching out to Emporia and beyond with the good news of Jesus Christ really touched the hearts of those of us on this committee. Because of all of this, we believe God has answered our prayers and made this candidate the clear and obvious choice for this search committee to lead 12th Avenue Baptist Church. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Scott. Thanks, Ryan. I uh, looked back at uh, my calendar the other day, and it, it is a year to the, almost to the day that Al was up here and announced his retirement. And as uh, Ryan said, over the last year, the, you, many of you have been praying, and the search committee has been uh, diligently working, and so... Uh, Upon the unanimous recommendation of these folks and the deacons who met a couple times, um, 
The leadership is excited and pleased to present Garen Forsyth as the candidate for our senior pastor. Now, lots of you, uh, I'm sure, know Garen and his family, but uh, no doubt there are some here that, that do not know Garen, and so I want to just give you a, a brief um, introduction. Uh, Garen grew up in Hayes and as a teenager became a Christ follower. And a short time after that, he sensed that God was calling him to full-time ministry. Um, with that calling, he went to Baptist Bible College in Springfield and got an undergraduate degree in pastoral ministry. Um, while there, he met Patricia, who became his wife. And then um, shortly after that, they continued on to Liberty University Seminary, where uh, Guerin did his Masters of Divinity. Uh, a short time after that, God led them here, and they've been here for about 28 years, uh, working with international students. And for the last 22 of those years, uh, Guerin has actually been um, on staff with a ministry called Interface. Um, they're um, mission is to reach out to international students who come here to the States. And um, Garen has very successfully led that ministry for those 28 years. Um, Pat was at home for many years homeschooling um, their children and in more recent years has, has fulfilled uh, passion she had to be an elementary teacher, and she's been working at Emporia Christian School. Um, many of you probably know they have three children. Uh, Kieran, their son, is at, uh, in Salina. He's a, in K-State's program, uh, Drone Technology. Uh, their younger daughter, Carissa, is here at Emporia State. She's finishing a nursing degree. That's Ariel. Ariel, excuse me, Ariel. <laughs> Carissa is uh, their oldest daughter, and Carissa is at uh, Duke University doing uh, graduate work there. And I might just sidetrack, and you're going, wait, wait, wait a minute. Duke University, um, aren't the Forsyth avid KU fans? <laughs> it's true. Just don't hold this against Garen. We all know Duke does not have a very good basketball program, <laughs> but their acad academics are just stellar. They are outstanding, so Carissa's doing well there. With this announcement, uh, we are starting our candidating process um, by our church bylaws. We announced that two weeks in advance, so the weekend of 28, 2930 will be that candidating weekend. Actually, uh, we're going to get a jump start, and in the next couple of weeks, Garam will be meeting with various ministries and service groups here at 12th, worship team, the staff, nursery, etc. Uh, but that weekend, there will be three opportunities for you to interact with, with Garam and Pat. Um, Saturday morning, I believe it's the 29th, we'll have uh, coffee and donuts, kind of an open forum, um, invite you to come 
interact with Garen, hear a little bit about his vision, what he would like to see God do here at 12th Avenue. Uh, the next day, Sunday, Garen will um, speak at both of our services. And then between services, next door, rooms five and six, um, he'll be there. You can interact with him. Um, again, ask questions. And then um, that evening is our fish fry. And um, that'll be another opportunity to interact with the four size. Uh, the final part of our process will be uh, Tuesday, October 2nd, when, when the member will have our congregational meeting and members will vote um, to um, have Garen be our pastor. By our, our bylaws and constitution, it will be, need to be 80% approval of those who are there that evening. And we'll count the ballots and we'll have the results that evening. Um, if you would like a timeline of what I just explained, um, there will be some sheets in the back. You can grab one of those that, that gives, uh, gives an idea of what things are coming up. Also, um, you might be interested to know, well, how, how they arrive at that decision? Um, you know, what, what was the process? So what we have done is each of the search committee members has written out just a brief paragraph about how God worked in their heart, how God led them, and how, how they came to their decision. So you might find that helpful just to see, you know, how God worked in, in each of, of our hearts to bring us to this point. So, church family, this is, uh, this is a big day. Big day. This is a, a benchmark day in, in the life of our church. Great. Well, I would like to introduce Garen. Garen is in the back. Garen, if you'd stand. I know many here know, but there's some that don't. Garen, it's a gift to have you a part of this church for the years that you've been here. And uh, I just want to pray. for uh, One, I'm going to thank the Lord for this team. They've been hard at work, and while I've not, you notice I'm not standing here as your interim pastor, I've not been a part of their deliberation intentionally because I'm here to work alongside of them, work with the church, as you all sense God's direction for the future. And so I want to pray and thank the Lord for each one of you, for his leadership in your lives, and then for the process forward. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you are the one who leads your church into paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And Father, today, just hearing the story of how now a year ago, Pastor Al sensing his next step was retirement and moving on to the next chapter of his ministry, Father, you started that process of guiding this church. Lord, I thank you for each of these on this pastor search team as they've met together, as they've taken it very deliberately to seek your face to hear your voice in their hearts, and then to bring that together to a decision to recommend Garen to this church. And Father, we as your people that are here assembled, a part of the family of 12th Avenue Baptist Church in Emporia, Father, I pray that you would guide this church as they consider, as they seek you for the next two weeks. And Lord, for just the setting aside of Garen and Pat for your ministry in this community. We thank you for them, 
And Lord, I pray that your will would be clear as we walk together seeking you. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You all thank you. Like I said, an important day to be here with you, and uh, I just look forward to the next three weeks, and you know how God just works? The next three weeks, I've got responsibility in other places. You know, I do have a different job, and it just so happens that my job comes together in the fall, and so next week, I'm in Salina. The week after that, I'm, uh, let's, I have to think through it, I'm in liberal Kansas, and then the next week after that, I'm in Pratt, Kansas, all on Sunday where I've got responsibility to do. So you're going to be with Garen the second Sunday. Uh, next week is Jordan. And I'm looking at that clock. Jordan's going to have a great sermon that's going to finish up when I'm going to get started today. And then the third Sunday, I think, Jane, aren't you, Jason, you're going to be sharing on that Sunday. So the next three weeks, I'll be praying for you, knowing that uh, you as a church family are seeking the Lord and working together. And so, guess what? We're back in Ephesians. And if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look this morning at the shortest. Now, I've been reading lots of verses. We went through that big, long sentence, and last week we were on the prayer. And today, it's only five verses. So I want to ask you to stand. These are serious verses that uh, pick up where we were last week. And I just want you to know where Paul is taking us. Uh, is a serious message, and so I want us to read together today. Instead of me reading it, I want us to read together what's up here on the screen. Out of Ephesians chapter 1, starting in 22, picking up where we were, and then ending at chapter 2, verse 3. And so as we read together God's Word, and He put all things under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Let's pray. Father, you led Paul to help us hear why you gave your son as head over this church. And Father, I pray today as we listen to some pretty serious news about who we are without you, I pray that your spirit would speak with freedom some things we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. You all may be seated. Remember last week, we, I brought you that section in Ephesians that talks about our minds being enlightened so that we can know. And we needed to know three things that Paul brought to us. We needed to know the, the hope we have in him. We needed to know the, the inheritance that he has in us as he's wanting to communicate a changed life to a lost world. And then he said, I want you to know how powerful he is. 
And we didn't have time to go through the examples of the power of the resurrection. Now you just think about that. That is Jesus in the grave with the seal of the Roman emperor on that grave. And he comes out of that grave and is living today. That's power. For him to be taken to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that's power. And then we pick up in verse 22 where he says, and he's done two things with the risen Jesus. First of all, he put everything under his feet. Now, everything under his feet, you just think about what the everything includes. All that goes on in our world today, all of the abuse, all of the mistreatment of people, all of the governmental conflict that's going on. You just listen to the world news today. It is one complex place. And I trust that you believe what Paul says. We, we have to take it by faith that right now today he is above it all and everything is under his feet. He is over it. He's got a power and authority over everything that's going on. And so he put, that's the verb, he put all that under Jesus' feet and then he gave. He gave Jesus as head over all these things to the church. Now to have that one little tiny sentence that he gave Jesus who's head over everything, to the church. Do you realize how powerful, how important that is? Because from the very beginning of time with Adam and Eve, until we get to the resurrection and when Jesus goes to be with the Father, you've got all of that experience of mankind without Jesus being head over it, head over the church. And he says, I've got a new covenant. I have a plan to bring a fullness of life and a changed world to every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation on earth. I've been at work among the Jewish people to bring my son here, and now he's done the work on the cross of taking the sin of mankind. He was buried, he was resurrected, and he's risen on high. Everything's under his feet, and I'm giving him to you. The church. The fullness. Now, I just touched this last week. You just think about it. The fullness of God through you and every other believer that is Christ followers today and that have ever been. His plan is to redeem or reveal or to show the image of God at work in the complexity of mankind. And so for him to be given to us as the, the church, the fullness of his body. You know, I can't believe this is a Sunday I get to talk about it. Church, you're in the middle of a major decision. I mean, Garen, right here, he's been here 28 years and you're, you've known him and you're going to be making a decision. Is he going to be the one that God has called out and said, He's here, but let me remind you, he is not the church. Garen will be a shepherd if you choose to make him. He's the shepherd of this community of believers that's not done. Well, I mean, we just talked about I, this morning, five little children lined up right here. They're not believers yet. 
But the potential of them being in this body of believers is immense as parents love and teach and train and care for those little lives where they get to meet Jesus personally. And this church continues to grow and develop. And so the message is that God gave Jesus as the head over all the believers. That's the church. Believe me, I know, I know the church is bigger than 12th Avenue in Emporia, okay? I, I've got that figured out. But it's all the believing people, Christ followers. He is over us. The fullness of him. Now, listen to what he does. He is the one who fills all in all. Now, what that means is we need him. Church, you may think you're, I mean, we may think we're in a good spot. But he says, I want to fill everything you need, all that I am, the all of me. I want to put all of that in all of you. The fullness of him bringing all he is into all of you. Now, there's some hope there. Now, I've told you before. I've been around the church for about 45 years. And believe me, this morning, Priscilla, she and I were visiting about being together at the women's conference. By the way, it was a great time. They had up in Salina this weekend. And hearing some stories of broken lives inside the church. There's lives of people that right now today don't feel like they've got all at all. They feel like they're very, very empty. They're wanting to follow Jesus, but there's not enough. It, they're just not experiencing the fullness of life they know could be there. And yet he says, I want to bring everything I am and put it in every one of my followers. But now look what he does. I wish we could pull the chapter and the verses out because the chapter and the verses here kind of mix it up. It, we miss it. So he says, Christ who is over everything. Everything's been put under his feet. He's been put as the head over all the church so that he can fill all in all of us. And look at the next word. Okay, you. You were dead. Now, this is why we got to have somebody fill all in all of us. Because look where he starts. He starts with a bunch of dead people to him. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And he doesn't say we. He says you. He's talking to Gentiles. He's talking to another tribe. He's going to come back in verse 3 and he's going to say, oh, by the way, I'm just like you. Every man, every woman, every child without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is dead. Dead to him. Now, we've talked about this before. By the way, y'all, we've got a dear brother. I don't see him right now. He's, he's riding at Richard today. Richard is going to do his Sunday school class, taking off early. Richard's going to go do the funeral of his mother. She passed this week. And Richard is going to go celebrate her life, and we're, he's going to be around and recognize that his mother's gone. She's not here. And you realize that that's the way we are, as she is in her state now. She is separated from us. Death in the scriptures doesn't mean destruction and annihilation. Death always means separation. And so she's separated from this world. Richard and her family are going to be together, and they're going to have memories of who she was and what she brought to life, to their family. But she's separated today. And so church, every one of us in this room, 
we started separated from God. We were dead to Him. And so that's why there's some stuff in this church that uh, we don't have all in all yet. We don't have all of God's goodness and fullness in our lives because we start dead. Now we meet Jesus Christ. He brings us to life. And then for the rest of our experience together as a community and then on into eternity, we get transformed step by step by step more and more into the image of Him. But don't forget where we start. We start dead, separated from Him. Now, not only were we dead, look at the next thing that He tells us. He said, and you were dead in your trespasses in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Now, church family, we got every one of us in this room, you got a huge choice of what you want to follow. But I will, and you just stop and think about it. What is the direction our world is going? Is it the direction? Is that the path we want to be on? Well, Paul, 2,000 years ago, said that this world has got a course or a path or a direction that it's set that's against God. We want to define who we are. We want to define what right is. And I think our culture just continues to go more and more and more towards it's all about me. I get to define. This is what I am. This is what I want. This is what I like. It's all about me. And that's the course. And look who's leading the Look who's leading the pack. We're following the prince of the power of the air. That's the evil one. That spirit now at work. He's still working in the sons of disobedience that want to resist God. And so, first of all, we were dead to him. Secondly, not only we're dead, we're following the, we're on the wrong path. And as we meet Christ... And you get him starting to fill all of he is in every one of us. You know, he doesn't fill us up instantly. You know, some of us just got a little bit. We need a whole lot more. A whole lot more of getting on the right path. A whole lot more of knowing who he is. A whole lot more of experiencing that abundant and full life that he wants to give us. And so first we were dead to it. We're dead to him. Secondly, we were following the wrong path. And then third... Look what he says. That's way down at the end. He's, you know, we're among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children with the wrong DNA. We are children of wrath. Now, I don't know the power of those words, but I do believe them. And I want you to know, as I've even thought about my own life, what I, you know, I, you've heard my, I tell my story a lot. I was in college when I first started my relationship with Christ, where I, I turned and I, I said, I agree with your word. You're right. I'm, I was dead to you. I am dead to you. And I want to be in a relationship with you. I want to follow you. I want to give up the things. I want to repent. I want to turn away from that. I want to follow you. And then he puts his arm around him. He says, oh, but John, you got the wrong DNA, boy. No, your DNA, you are a child of wrath. Now it makes sense. Way back in those, remember our verbs? 
one of those verbs was that we were predestined for inheritance. We're predestined for adoption. That means that God wants to take our old DNA, adopt us into his family, and change the inside of every one of us. So we've got a different set of DNA. We are no longer child children, a child of the evil one, a child following the course of wrath. We get to be called the children of God. And that starts with adoption, and I believe that's what, I mean, he's getting the family together. And so why do we need a Savior? Why do we need the one who's going to fill all of everything he has? And that's what, I, that's what I so love about the diversity of the church. While, yes, it's, your church has got you know, people that are up here on the platform, people that do religious work, but I'll guarantee you he's not talking about that group. He's talking about every one of us that are Christ followers. He wants to fill you. He wants to bring to you something you do not have on your own. I see, one more time, we're not talking about what we do. We're talking about what we are, and we're talking about what he does. And what he's going to do is to fill us, fill us, and fill every one of us with the fullness in him. Verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4. Next week starts with these two words, Jordan but God. You see, we've got to know who we are for us to appreciate and to understand all that God wants to do for us. What he's done. We've already got the verbs. We've got the prayer. Now we, he introduces who, who really are we that are in this church. We are people that are dead to him. We were, not are. I made a mistake. We were people who were dead to him. We were people on the wrong path. And we were people with the wrong DNA. But God, he's up to something. And he's up to something for his glory. And that glory is in this community, a message to that community outside these walls where there are people that are today, they're dead. They're on the wrong path and they got the wrong DNA. And they are looking for answers. And I will guarantee you, I believe the church is the answer. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. He is the one, the fullness of Him, who wants to fill up all we need in all of us. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you didn't wait for us to get good. You know who we were, and you know who we are. And yet, because of your deep love for us, you want us to discover the fullness of life that we have in you. Father, I pray that here in this community, if there are people that still are still struggling, still working with, do they, do they really believe, do they want to believe this truth about who we are, who we were, and what you want to do in us, I pray your spirit would speak. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're guiding us in these paths to reflect you in us in this community. And that's for your glory, not for us. It's for you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, family, kind of a full day. Um, Scott, where are those? We talked about those, those paragraphs. Where's my friend Scott? Right there. 
Are they back there? You put them in the back? So the schedule for the next two weeks, and there they are. Thanks, Jamie. They're just back there in the back if you'd like one of those. Hey, there's a cute little lady back there at the Welcome Center today. Yo! Hey, they'll come by and see you, dear. <laughs> Y'all, let me, let me bring you a, a benediction. Revelation, that last book that raises so many questions. Here's what John heard from the Lord that he wants to share with us. Revelation chapter 1, 5, and 6. He says, To him, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, made us priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Go be the church.